Welcome back to the Haunted Heart Podcast. The Haunted Heart Podcast, your one-stop shop for everything spooky, macabre, magic, occult, and just plain fucked up most of the time. And we are so glad we're here. We're here. We're glad we're are here. Are you here? I, I think you, I am. You, you you stumbled a bit. You glitched. I did. You glitched a little bit. I'm a little concerned. The I'm a little bit concerned. 2020 got a little bit up her sleeve. <laughs> 2021 <laughs> she's coming through yes. uh no who are we kenny i don't really? know most of the time it just depends on uh what's staring back at me in the mirror who knows it could be anything we're really questioning things this year but i am kenny and i am here with katie that's who we are today here today. existing for you in this moment in this very moment now i, I don't know what who we're going to be next week don't know where we came from don't know where we'll be after we record this episode. Don't know whose blood this is all over me, but we're here. And that means that we have a brand new episode for you this week. That is true. Brand fresh, just a brand fresh, brand fresh, brand fresh. Brand fresh. <laughs> it sounds I was like trying to say product. brand new. Brand I was trying fresh. to say brand new, but it's brand fresh. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know what? We're going to roll with it. Brand what if fresh. we made it happen? Brand fresh. Hashtag brand fresh. Exactly. <laughs> No, but we are really excited to be bringing you an episode today, but we are even more excited to be introducing some new folks into our special Patreon family this week. We are, and I believe these are our first Patreon invocations of 2021. Yes, I believe so. So these are fresh meat. They're brand fresh. They're brand fresh. (laughs) (laughs) So I will go first. I... I'm going to invoke the lovely Terry F., who is a brand new member of our Stay Spooky Squad. So, Terry, I have your dressed candle here in front of me, full of intentions for health, wealth, happiness for the new year as we move forward into a new year, into a new era, into a new mind frame. And I am sending you nothing but good intentions. Kenny and I both. And welcome to Amber S., who is a member of our Stay Spooky Squad. So welcome to the family, ladies. We are so delighted to have you. Absolutely. Thank you for joining our Patreon table for everything that we have to serve you. Please take a look back at all of the fun stuff that we have provided over the past month. December was particularly heavy on content, so. December was fun. December was very fun. We had a lot of fun on Patreon in December. And looking ahead, you know, it's January now. Looking ahead to February, very special month for the Haunted Heart. It is our birthday, if you will. 
So we've kind of been getting ready and talking about some ideas for that and gearing up. So lots of fun things over there. If you're interested in supporting the show, you can find us at patreon.com slash the haunted heart. And we have all sorts of tiers with all sorts of different like little perks and rewards. And of course, we always have to give a heartfelt thank you to our patrons for helping us keep the show on the air. Mm -hmm. You could say that they are the lifeblood to this curse. You certainly could. <laughs> you certainly, you could say that they are the virgins who have lit the black flame candle. Exactly. Fact. Well, wait, who is who? I, you would be the winning. A hundred percent. You'd be the winning. hundred percent. You'd probably be my Mary. I was thinking Mary. I was like, <laughs> mm, I probably wouldn't be Sarah. I'm not skinny enough to be Sarah. You know what I mean? I'm not, Aww. I'm not skinny enough to be Sarah, but I could definitely be a Mary. Yeah. Mary, Mary was good. I love Mary and her vacuum cleaner, honey. I bet that vacuum cleaner a, could outpace what, any broom. We're going to have a Dyson. That's what mm -hmm. we're going to have, though. Absolutely. I'm going to make sure we're on a Dyson. Ergonomic. Uh-huh. <laughs> anyway, so what are we talking about today, girl? Is it me? Is it me this I episode? sure do hope it is, because I haven't done a spot of research for this episode. So I'm you just here with my, my starbs in hand, ready to go. Well, that's funny. You're, you're here with starbs. I am here. Oh, I feel like people will hate that. What do people starbs? hate when they when they sh when you shorten it to starbs? I don't know. I feel like that's one of those things that people cringe at. Oh, I mean, I certainly do, but I am embracing the hate to fuel me at this point in life. That's great. You're drinking <laughs> that, and you fixed me a delicious concoction of like vodka and mm -hmm. something with hibiscus. Hib in hibiscus it. berry. Um, it's like a hibiscus berry vodka drink, whatever. And I don't me that I mixed up. I don't typically like vodka drinks. But, uh, you know, what's that? It reminded me of that Jumbo Wumpa song. Oh. <laughs> she drinks a whiskey drink. She, she drinks, drinks the a vodka, vodka drink. drink. Yeah. <laughs> I'll drink the whiskey drink. You can drink the vodka drink. Yeah, she's going down pretty smooth, isn't she? We're just tub thumping. Mm -hmm. That's the she's going down pretty smooth. Thumping. She's fine. Yep. The theme today is th tub thumping. No, not at all. Uh, no, it is a me episode. For those of you who are new here and don't know what that means, and this is your first time hearing it. I, I would probably feel safe to say that that would be a, an excellent buffer into the show would be a Kenny episode because you tend <laughs> to get a little like crazy with yours and a little hard hitting. Look, I, I'm, just, I, I'm just out here doing hard hitting journalism. Call me Aaron Brockovich, honey. <laughs> I I do. I feel like that. I feel like a good I feel like a, a Kenny episode is a good episode to like start just with to like, like lead you into in. and then katie comes in and slaps you with that hard should, shit should i remind you of your past like your previous episodes like should we go back to the cropsy episode and talk about missing children should we get into that i don't i don't know that i would say it's necessarily light but around these parts perhaps it's a fixed point in the darkness where i i kind of like to to focus on the immateriality no, of reality your shit fucks with my head <laughs> and still to this day, fucks with my head. Yep. I still I still can't get over that one episode that I will not name. Uh -huh. And it still follows me. And we're not going to talk about it any further. Yeah, I thought I listened to the Mandela Effect episode God, a lot. Yeah. A lot this past year, actually. I said I, we're not going to do that. And I worried and wondered if perhaps we just slipped into a different dimension as a result of that episode. But anyway, it's fine. Yes. It's fine. So uh, what am I going to pull out of my eclectic bag of tricks. <laughs> You're about to say, what am I going to pull out of my ass today? <laughs> well, uh, pull out of my ass, eclectic bag of tricks, same thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Indeed. 
The stuff of nightmares, of course. The seatbelt sign is on, folks. You are not free to move about the cabin. Katie, please make sure our listeners are restrained appropriately. Absolutely. Because I'm taking us to the ancient Mayan city of Palenque in southern Mexico, 1994. But actually, I want to take us on a history dive first. So put a pin in that. Like your Zoom meeting host will say, we'll circle back. Mm. So are you ready? I, I was ready. asking you, yes. not the folks. I don't care if they're ready. Yeah, I'm absolutely. They're, they're I'm absolutely ready. We've okay. we've been through the seatbelt uh, sign video. We have we have spoken about the inflatable life vests underneath your seat. We've spoken about the fact that your seat cushion can be used as a flotation device. <laughs> and I think we're ready to go. We are ready. Okay, so. Palenque was a Mayan city-state in southern Mexico that reached its peak in about the 7th century, as the ruins date to be around 226 BC to 799 AD, also known by its ancient name, La Cama, translating to Big Water, potentially due to its location near the Usumacinto River. Now, Palenque, by size alone, is fairly humble compared to a lot of the surrounding ancient sites. However, it actually boasts some of the most remarkable architecture in regards to structure, relief carvings, and what they call roof combs. Hmm. And roof combs are the structures that you often see at the very top of the Mayan pyramids. Hmm. And these would often have carvings and depictions of gods and whatnot in them and just be pretty ornate. Um, And actually, one of the most beautiful things that I found while researching uh, this topic was the fact that the uh, Mayans would sometimes build new pyramids over older ones as a way to honor ancestral authority while structurally being able to take the newer pyramid to greater heights, mm. which I found to be pretty poetic yeah, and beautiful. Cool. But most of the history of the city has been uncovered from the hieroglyphs in these structures, which include everything from its rivalries with other city-states in the area to the dynasties that ruled it. Now, one of the most famous dynasties being that of Pakal the Great. Pakal was an Ahau, or king, who took over during the late Classic period at a time when the city was not at its best, just to say. It had suffered from several, quote-unquote, sackings by surrounding city-states, and it was after such an event that the Pakal dynasty was essentially installed as part of a political agreement. Pakal I came on board but was never really officially crowned, but then his daughter took over, the queen, and this woman was the only, 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 only HBIC. I'm probably going to butcher this name, but she was known as the Queen Satkuk. But for some reason, she's also known as Lady Beastie. I don't know why. That's fucking cool. I I don't know why. I'm I'm into that. Lady Beastie. Write that down. If I have a pop career, that's what I want to go by. You're going to go by Lady Beastie? Lady Beastie. Tell me it's not appropriate. (laughs) I would say it's pretty appropriate. Tell me it doesn't fit. Absolutely. Um, So she only officially ruled for about three years between 612 and 615 until her son, Bacall the Great, took the throne at age 12. However, she still held incredible influence over her son and essentially continued to rule through him or at the very least by his side for the first like 25 years of his rule. I bet the fuck she did because he was 12. (laughs) 
<laughs> she said, you're not about to fuck up this shit. I sure do hope she did. You not about to mess up this kingdom, Mr. P. That's one of the things in history that I've never understood, though. It's like if there's a king who is like in charge of, a, of an area or whatever, he's a ruler of a country or a city state or, or what have you. And then he like passes away and his wife like becomes ruler until the child is like a preteen. And then yeah. we're like, surely it's better for us to name a preteen as king of this city state than to name or leave a woman in charge. And it's like, we could have just left the woman in charge. Yeah. We could have just had that be it. Yeah. But it's like, Honestly. no, we need to put this preteen on the throne. This 12 so year old little boy, serious. he can, he can totally rule over, you know, this completely competent adult female. Right. Very, like very interesting. The just, patriarchy is uh, very logical. Right. And rational. Uh, so Bacall the Great ruled from 615 to 683, and it's during his reign that he was credited for the flourishment of Palenque and for the creation of all of the rich architecture and things that we currently see today. And this period gave rise to many expansions of the city, renovations, and they even made some great political and military alignments. But in 683, he passed away, and it's said that his tomb had the richest collection of jade ever seen in a Mayan tomb. Mm. His entire body, from his death mask to his suit, was from hand-carved jade and held together by gold wire. Which, let me tell you, I've always said I wanted to be cremated, but I am not opposed to being placed in a tomb with a jade bodysuit. Like, where is that in the catalog at the funeral home? That's what I want to know. Me at the funeral home. Excuse me, but I can't seem to find your uh, death regalia options. Hey, um, I'm just looking for an obsidian tiara. <laughs> I'm looking for something in jade, preferably with a high gloss polish and gold accoutrements. Do you have that? Is that available? Could we just make me? My own stone? Could we just like compress my bones at such a high like pressure that we actually turn me into my own like mineral, crystal, stone, whatever? Exactly. You turn into this just, it would just be, they'd get down into your tomb and it would just be this like, it'd just be a diamond version of you. The pressure would just. A perfect black cube that's like, (laughs) you lose your mind staring into it. I would do it to be like one of those, uh, you know, like they have those, um, Things that like for kids where it has like a toy or a prize and something mm, you have like to chisel it away. Or, oh, yeah, oh, but you have yeah. to like chisel it away. That's what I would want it to be like. And then just just be in like this black box or black whatever structure. They just have to chip away at it. And uh, then you get to the center after all that effort and it's just my dead ass. <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate troll. Honestly. <laughs> So uh, Pakal's children and their children continued to rule for some time, but around the 8th century, things started to decline a bit, as were most of the Mayan city-states of the time, until it was eventually reduced down to a home for a small agricultural population. And then in 1520, when the Spanish arrived, there were only a few people there. And then it was eventually abandoned, and it's at that point when Mother Nature took her place as queen over Mm -hmm. the city. The queen of us all. The queen of us all, exactly. But there are several really magnificent structures in the city. You have the Temple of Inscriptions, which was Bacall's funerary monument, and also the home of about 180 years of recorded history of the city. Also important to note is that when the tomb was discovered in 1952, it not only revealed all of the adornments and rich detail dedicated to Bacall, 
but it also revealed a psychoduct that led up the stairs and to a small hole at the entrance that was essentially meant to be a passageway for the soul. Mm. And this was supported with inscriptions that talk about, quote, the white breath. And this was significant because it was the first time that these pyramids were seen as serving multiple purposes. They were not only temples, but also funerary structures meant to serve the departed. But also in Palenque, you'll find other notable structures, such as the Temple of the Cross, the Palace, the Temple of the Skull, which is totally me. Yeah. Fucking death metal there. Uh, The Temple of the Count. Structure 12, which contains a relief carving of the Mayan god of death. But the most mysterious structure that you would find is structure 13. Structure 13 sounds like a gay bar in LA. You know what I mean? Like I can see it. But it's like, I think I know somebody who used to go to structure 13, structure 13, but it's like, (laughs) it's the, the outside of the building is meant to look like a Mayan pyramid. And then you get in there and it's like an excavation site. uh Uh-huh. And, but it's very like (laughs) Babylon-esque. Like, yes. uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And the Lady Gaga song is playing. Uh Uh-huh. And it's very that. That's the theme, right? That's not this. (laughs) (laughs) It's not. That's not this. It's not a good time. (laughs) It sounds like it would be a good time. Structure 13. Yeah, I don't know. It's either it would either be like the hottest gay club or just a fucking death trap. Yeah, yeah. might uh, might be a murder trap. from like a saw film. Might be you know what I mean? Trap. Yeah, but I mean either way, it's gonna be a good time. Um, <laughs> it reminds me of that. Um, oh God, what was it from? Uh, it was from Drag Race where they had to make a club, and it was um Club ninety seven. Club ninety seven. I believe it was ninety seven. I'm pretty sure it was Club. Yeah, it was Club ninety seven. Right? Yeah, because it was supposed to be. It was supposed to be like a 90s thing, but also the theme fucking fell apart like rapidly. They were supposed to make different club <laughs> themes. And then, yes, you had uh, it was either 96 or 97. I'm going to get my I'm oh, it gonna get my club 96. I think it yeah. was 96. Yeah. You have I don't to, you want have my to gay whisper card revoked. To, you have to whisper it to get it right. <laughs> and it was supposed to be about those like late 90s, yes. like, you know, teen idols, whatever. Yeah. Love to see it. Yeah, definitely. I could I could get that. You know what? I mean, Structure who knows 13, what will happen? Maybe it's going to be a thing. Post COVID, right? Yeah. Maybe we'll go into the club business. We would be so good at it, considering that we both love to just sit at our house and ninety nine point nine 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 percent. One time. would say ninety six percent of the time. <laughs> we love to sit at home. <laughs> no, uh, so we have the structure thirteen, which is really like I was kind of. I was like, why did you have like all of these great names? Like you've got the Temple of the Cross, the Skull, and the Count, right? And then it's like Structure 13. Yeah, and then like Structure 12. Right. Maybe they were not sure what those were used for? Potentially. But this Structure 13 is home to the enigmatic Red Queen of Palenque. So, circling back to 1994... Which, side note, was actually a crazy year. I did that thing where you research, like, the years. Because I was like, hmm, what was going on in 94? Uh, Jeff Bezos begins building the Amazonian Empire. Since we're talking about empires right now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Both Pulp Fiction and The Lion King premiered in theaters. Both great films. Kurt Cobain's death. And the very first episode of Friends hit television. Mm. And a young Mexican archaeologist by the name of... Fanny Lopez discovers the tomb of the Red Queen. 
Fanny was performing routine stabilization work on a temple that was adjacent to our temple of inscriptions. And it was here that she noticed something extremely peculiar. There was a crack in the stairs that was partially covered up by masonry and overgrowth that got her attention. Now, being the inquisitive archaeologist that she was, she took her flashlight and a mirror and was able to peer into the crack, revealing a passageway hidden by the stairs that appeared to lead towards a sealed door. Now, Fanny immediately alerted her team lead, Arnaldo Cruz, of what she had found. The next day, the archaeology team working for the National Institute of Anthropology and History of Mexico began to explore what Fanny had uncovered. They located a small blocked door on a vertical section of the second level of the pyramid, about 2.8 meters above the level of the plaza. The team removed the masonry and found a narrow corridor six meters long blocked by debris leading into the pyramid. That corridor led to another corridor 15 meters long made of large limestone blocks, which ran from the north to south inside the pyramid. This corridor was free of debris. Now, there were three chambers on the south side of the corridor. Two of those chambers were open and empty, with signs of rituals performed in front. But the third was blocked by a stone wall covered with stucco and traces of pigment. Now, here's where my ass would have been pieced out, right? 100%. I'm not trying to like unlock some ancient Mayan vampire from their tomb. Because I tell you what, and w- the reason why is because we watched the epic film that was released a mere five years after this in 1999 called The Mummy. And we know that we <laughs> yes. fit to be the one. I would you know not. what I'm saying? I mean, Emotep is fine and all that. Emotep fine. Mm-hmm. But I ain't, I ain't fit to be the one. I got a bug thing. I don't like, I don't like You bugs. don't like flesh-eating scarabs? I What's don't. wrong with you? Yeah, I, I got a bug thing. It's not going to work for me. So. Nah, I wouldn't do it. I'd been out. I'm like, nah, we're not about to unlock. Because uh, my my instant reaction is like, again, ancient Mayan vampire. Right. We're not about yeah. to do this. Like this this thing was sealed in here for a reason, mm-hmm. right? I would personally would not. But then again, that's why I'm not discovering anything. <laughs> that's why I will not go down in history as being a discoverer Look, of anything. We, it, we have the noble job of telling all y'all about it exactly. after it's been done from our home again. From our home. From our home. Where it's safe. Yeah. So the team, headed by Cruz, was extremely curious to know what was inside. But they did not tear down the wall right away, fearing to damage any decoration on the inside of the wall. Good call. Good yep. fucking call. You know, there was one guy on the team who was like, let's blow it the fuck up. Let's just blow it the fuck up. And all the architects were like, no. <laughs> it's not how you do architecture. There was one guy, he was getting ready to take his chisel to it and like getting ready to hammer it. And someone was like, no. There's one guy with a hammer, a pack of matches, and a stick of dynamite literally in his teeth. <laughs> and he is like, wait, what? And he's just getting, Oh, we gonna hold off? You All hear right. the you hear the the strike of the match, and then everyone just in looks at him, and then it's just his face lit. <laughs> he just blows it out. I just imagine the team lead is just like aggressively like just comes over and blows it out, and it's like no. No, no Dave. Um So uh, after deliberation, they made a small hole of around 15 by 15 centimeters and peered inside. 
They saw a sarcophagus and what appeared to be a perfectly intact tomb. The chamber was 3.8 meters long and 2.5 meters wide with a vaulted stone ceiling. There were no decorations or paintings on the walls. In the center, occupying almost all the burial chamber, was a limestone sarcophagus, 2.4 meters long and 1.8 meters wide, closed by a stone lid 10 centimeters thick. Fanny is quoted as saying, From the moment of the discovery, I had the audacity to say that it was the tomb of a woman without having opened the sarcophagus. There I understood that feminine intuition is more than we can imagine. Although cautioned by her superiors not to jump to conclusions or make any suppositions, it turned out that Fanny Lopez was 100% correct. The team carefully lifted the lid of the sarcophagus to reveal the skeleton of a woman. The skeleton and the space surrounding her was adorned with an incredibly large collection of jade and pearl objects, mm. bone needles and shells, which were originally pieces of necklaces and wristlets worn by the deceased. Around the skull was a diadem made of flat circular jade beads and the malachite pieces of what had been a funeral mask. In the chest area of the skeleton were more flat jade beads and four obsidian blades. Mm. In addition, there was a tiny limestone figurine inside a seashell. But what's most interesting about her appearance and what most notably gives her the name of the Red Queen was the covering of her body and the entire sarcophagus and a bright red pigment made of cinnabar. Now, cinnabar is a pigment that was used for thousands of years and is made from the ore of mercury. It's a bright reddish to orange color, so it's understandable that it would have been used years ago for such a you know, high quality pigment. The remains of the Red Queen and the objects in the tomb were taken to the laboratory of the Mexican National Institute of Archaeology and History for further study. The tomb was dated to be between 600 to 700 AD by a comparison of the ceramic pottery with that found at other Maya sites. The scientists conducted carbon-14 tests and facial reconstruction studies and successfully extracted a sample of DNA from the collagen in her vertebrae. They were able to establish that she was about 60 years old when she died and that she had a severe case of osteoporosis that stiffened her bones. That's really old, though, yeah. for that time period. That's really old. Yes. So they established that she consumed a large amount of meat in her diet. Concerning. <laughs> for me, who was always, who's already on, like, the Mayan vampire, I'm like, how did they realize that? I don't know. Okay. All um, right. She, she was getting that protein in. Yes. A girl after my own heart. We got to get that protein in, build the muscles, ladies. Me, again, going back to me being the the one that's like, huh, she did? Oh, what huh. kind of meat? What kind what, of meat? What what meat was she Where she, she be eating? getting all this meat? Where she, exactly. Um, no, maybe she was a bodybuilder. You don't know. You know, never know. Yes, maybe she was exactly. just fucking jagged. But she did have osteoporosis, um, and they established that she consumed the large amount of meat and had remarkably healthy teeth considering her age and the time in which she lived. Yeah. I'm pretty sure she had a considerably healthy anything to be 60 years old at the time that she lived. I would say so. Nowadays, that's not that old, but like... Back then. Back then, honey. I mean, mean, she probably was a great-great-grandma. You're dead at 30. Maybe. It wasn't 
it's not the lifespans weren't as abbreviated as we're sometimes led to believe. It's just that the average lifespan was really thrown off because most people died at like 15. <laughs> so <laughs> like if, if a lot of people die either in infancy or at like 15 or 30, it kind of like skews the average. But you did have people who lived longer. The yeah. 60 seems pretty, pretty it was far just up rare, there for that I would time imagine. period. Yeah. But it sounds like she was well taken care of. I mean, she getting her she getting her meat. She taking care of them teeth. Uh huh. So she had again. They were able to recognize, you know, her healthy teeth and all of this. But there are no inscriptions in the burial chamber that they found her in. Or Very any- weird. Also, nothing on the walls. Right. Very weird. Right. Seems like we had a lot of money. Seems like we had enough riches to put a whole shitload of jade in there, a whole bunch of obsidian in there, a whole bunch of this fancy, expensive ass dye. But we didn't put none on the wall. Right. We didn't put no writing on nothing, which is suspicious. Right. There was there were there was nothing to no texts mm-hmm. even to establish with certainty who she was. Seemed like we didn't intend for nobody to come up in there. <laughs> and we only put like the expensive shit right there next to her to please her. We didn't really design it from a perspective of like curb appeal. Yes. <laughs> we were not trying to have folks coming by. Right. Exactly. So it was certain that she was a person of importance. Uh, the pyramid where her burial chamber was located was next to that of Pakal the Great, and objects in the tomb, the funeral mask, diadem, and other objects in the sarcophagus. Oh, and when I say other objects, I forgot to mention earlier uh, about the two other skeletons found in the tomb with her. Oh, humans? Hmm. So that, we had a threesome. No, you know, no. I, I mean, if I got to go, <laughs> no, not quite. I wouldn't mind having company. <laughs> not quite that. Uh, well, one of them was the beheaded skeleton of an 11 year old boy. Oh, who had probably been her servant and was killed when she died. So as to join his mistress in, quote, yeah. the place of fear, which is the Mayan equivalent to the underworld. See, also my mother-in-law's place of fear uh, to continue his servitude. Yeah, that was a thing. It was that's a that's a bummer. Yeah. But also the uh, skeleton of a 30 year old woman whose beating heart had been extracted from her body and then stabbed multiple times afterward to collect her blood as a sacrifice. Do you think she applied for that job? Or do you think they just they just snatched her up indeed. for it? Was she recruited for that or did she apply? I don't know. Something tells me that she was recruited. Uh-huh. But I don't know. Uh, so so Miss Queen was, was clearly somebody of significant importance. When the tomb was discovered, it was suggested that she was somehow related to Pakal the Great, given the position to his tomb. Theories suggested it could have been his grandmother, who was the city's only official, quote-unquote, queen, for about 20 years. Uh, She led her city into battle and helped create the foundation for the architecture, which her grandson later expanded on. Okay, Grandma. Other theories have said that she could potentially be his mother. Yeah, that's where I was thinking. HBIC, who helped restore the city's cultural and spiritual power. Mm Mm-hmm. Another powerful female in Pakal's life would have been his wife, who bore him three sons, with the last son being born while she was 38 years of age, which for the time and even now can be dangerous. Yeah, yeah. 
One of the things that I loved about this story, and from what we understand of Mayan culture, the matriarchal figures of these kings were held in with extremely high regard. Mm. They were often depicted as sitting with or behind the kings and even shown pulling thorned cords through piercings in their tongues as part of bloodletting rituals uh, as a way to invoke visions of the ancestors and spirits of the supernatural world. Yeah, I guarantee you do that to me. I'm going to start seeing all kinds of crazy shit. <laughs> we going we going to write us a book. You, you know yes. what I'm saying? Um no, it is it is from what I know, which is not very much of my culture. It is a culture in which women are very much appreciated. There is Definitely a place, though, like we were talking about with the kings and mm-hmm. and why would they put a 12 year old boy on the throne instead of a woman? But the the matriarchal role itself was endowed with its own like spiritualism and power and respect. Yeah, so, totally. Very cool. Um, so who is our Red Queen? Radiocarbon dating of the two skeletons inside the tomb suggests a death date between 650 to 660 as a likely time of death. So this ruled out his grandmother as a likely answer as she died in 604. Mm. But this left both his mother and wife as equally strong candidates. Now, eventually they ended up running tests using the teeth from the skull, which concluded that she was of no relation to Pakal and suffered greatly from the osteoporosis again, most likely caused by pregnancy later in life. Oh, it was his wife. Cool. Also, facial reconstruction technology generated images that greatly resembled that of depictions of Bacall's wife. And given the knowledge of Mayan art and that they were very um, skilled at producing lifelike depictions of people, only lends a hand to support this theory, which Mm -hmm. is that the, um, the current theory as of August 2013 and I guess as of now, uh, is that she was the wife of Bacall and the grandmother of the last Mayan ruler. Arnaldo Gonzalez Cruz and his team hope to eventually find the tombs of the sons of Pakal in the yet unexplored other temples of Palenque, which, if their DNA is intact, would they would be able to confirm her identity. Yeah. The red mom. Yeah. The, the Red Queen's remains were returned to Palenque in June of 2012 and buried in a different location since the humidity inside the pyramid did not allow uh, returning her remains to the sarcophagus. And Ooh, as of she, now... She might be mad about that. Yeah, she might um, be, because we know that that's <laughs> an issue. Um, but as of right now, her identity remains unofficially unresolved. <laughs> hmm. Officially unresolved or unofficially. I don't know. Unofficially Take, resolved. Unofficially unresolved. unresolved. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. So that's my story for you folks today. We have our Red Queen who, um, it was just an interesting, um, it was an interesting story for me. For one, I really, I didn't realize that this would have such feminine energy behind mm-hmm. it when I started researching it. It just kind of developed into that, which, you know, when we, when we st- go into certain topics like it, we can have an you know uh, an idea of what it will be but then sometimes it can turn into something else and i didn't mm-hmm. realize that the 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 feminine energy that would you know happen throughout this story right so i mean we've got our 
Um, I mean, it's just cool from that history, she was discovered by a woman too. Right, exactly. That like she had such like big clitoris energy, and then it turned out to be a woman who discovered her tomb. Who knew immediately, at least in the interviews after the fact, that it was a <laughs> not to shade her, but that that was the tomb of a woman. Like, I think that's cool because that was totally by chance. Yes. That she would have discovered that it would have been a woman who discovered that instead of a dude. Yes, so, exactly. Very cool. So I didn't I didn't realize that. But that's one of the one of the um, sort of themes that towards the end, I was like sort of piecing together. And I was like, wow, you know, you have a lot of this rich history and this culture mm -hmm. with, you know, these remarkable queens, these women who really were honestly the foundation to this culture and and to this city. And who were absolutely ruthless and terrifying. Too. Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> I mean, how fucking, how goth could you possibly be? Like fucking brutal, be pulling some thorns through your fucking tongue. Yeah. I mean, it, a lot of um what, I would say maximum God. It's fucking a, brutal, dude. Ranking on it. I mean, I couldn't no, I wouldn't do it just so I can see a vision of the the supernatural realm. No, I'm good. Mm -hmm. I I I can see clearly from here. I need to take you some mushrooms, but, take you some peyote. There's easier ways to do this, like from your couch. Exactly. Like, and even so far, I mean, and then even taking it to, you know, the woman who was sacrificed. Mm -hmm. Right. The, the skeleton that they found in the tomb who had their beating heart removed. Yeah. And this was a practice because I went into like a little side research. with it this. Was a, I it was, was like, pretty common thing. this was a pretty common thing. And honestly, like and I'm not here to judge any culture, but it was terrifying just reading mm -hmm. through the process behind the sacrificial process behind removing their beating hearts where they were placed on a stone that kind of had a, a bit of a raise to it. So that way, when they laid back, their heart was protruded upward mm -hmm. or their chest was protruded upward. And, you know, you had the ceremonies that took place where you would typically have these figures dressed in blue because blue was the symbol for, for sacrifice and whatnot. And the tools that they would use and the methods that they would use about going through and like, extracting your heart whether they go up under the rib cage or they just fucking rip your sternum open like and then immediately proceed to collect your blood as part of the sacrifice right which they would often stab these sacrifice i'm like you're not already getting enough fucking blood out of this yeah that's the like, early cardiologists you know i'm like damn <laughs> this shit is terrifying to me yeah so it was just pretty scary to try to think that you know there were fucking like human sacrifice in general Damn. Yeah, they I definitely think they had the spectacle down <laughs> the performative aspect. No, but it is kind of interesting to get into like the significance of bloodletting and how that was such a prominent symbol in Mayan culture. And it was how it was tied up with because if you think about it, like death often in those days was bloody. Birth often was also bloody. Yes. Um. And so it it is sort of a very visceral imagery that is tied to life um, for better, or for worse. So and how like I, I would be I'm interested, like I'm going to uh, keep following this to see, because I think that it would be interesting that if they were able to find her sons and be able mm -hmm. to identify like uh, this was her. But like w there's that thought in the back of my head that like, what if they do find them and then the DNA does not match? Yeah, it's not a match. Yeah. What if it doesn't yeah. match? And who? 
And even still, it's weird to me that if that was his wife, like still the fact that she didn't. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know if there's like a specific cultural reason behind like why she wouldn't be buried with them. But the fact that like, I don't know, again, going back to the fact that there was nothing to describe who she was. Right. Like why? It didn't make a lot of sense to me. You have all of this information and stuff on, you know, his his mother and this. Like why why not? That's the part that just still gets me. And I'm like, what happens if they find, you know, sons do the DNA and it finds it all? Then the mystery remains. Maybe we just need to go ask her who she is. We just go call her Big Red. Oh, man. Well, that was very interesting. Yeah, a little bit of a history lesson. You know, I thought it's been a minute since we've went into history. I do apologize if I butchered any any names. I did try my best. I'm sure we did. That's okay. That's what YouTube's Uh, for. They're going to let us know. I did. I YouTubed a little. (laughs) I YouTubed. I I think I got it. But you know what? I'm sure they'll tell me. I've had people tell me quite recently, actually. Well, I tell you what, if you have any pronunciation <laughs> corrections for Kenny, you can go ahead and email those to the Haunted Heart Podcast <laughs> at gmail.com. While you're at it, go ahead and just drop us a I, rating and a review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. Yes. You can let us know in the review how to pronounce things if you want. I mean, you can. Um, five stars, please. No. <laughs> Five stars, please. Anyway, if you want to uh, get more Haunted Heart in your life, you can find us on Instagram. You can also find us on Twitter at The Haunted Heart. On Instagram, we are at The Haunted Heart Podcast. And we're also on Facebook. Um, We have a page where you can also leave a review if you're so inclined. And we also have a Facebook group where Kenny and I are like actively interacting with people and we talk about things discussed on the show. We also talk about other random spooky things, things we can't get to, things that befuddle and bemuse. And everybody in the group is basically cooler than us. So if you like the show, I'm sure you'll get along fine in the group. Just request to join. And then either Kenny, myself, or a member of our Murder Mod Squad will approve you. It's not that we're trying to like screen people who are joining the group. It's just that we kind of want to keep it like private for everybody who is in there. You know, people have different situations and Mm -hmm. we don't want it just getting broadcast to everybody. So also we don't want any like, crazies in there that are like serial I mean, well, the killer whole group crazy. is crazy but, but i mean like serial like killer levels. crazy right we just need to check but i mean if the red queen wants to join i'm gonna approve her so if i get to her before you do she's coming in because i want remind, i need to know more you know what exactly but like you open, <laughs> we we go to open the door and she's there like when we leave the podcast studio today but it's like it's like the red queen but the red queen meets like guillermo del toro like type i'm into crazy it. so yeah. well, who knows who knows? I mean, we could ask her who she be. <laughs> before, have her on a have her sit down. Her hearts are taken out. Have her sit down for show. Yeah. yeah. Hey, girl. Let's do, extra an interview. <laughs> Let's do an interview for our Patreon, please. Before you uh, <laughs> fucking sacrifice us and rip our hearts out. Sure. All right, guys. I think that about does it for us this week. We will see you next week. Until then, do your best to stay out of unmarked temples and tombs. And as always, stay spooky.